so you actually said after the trade, I believe, correct me. Well, I've said this, I've said this long before that you weren't sure Harden. You want a direct quote? Yeah, please. He's a losing player. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Wow. He has been a losing player. Okay. Teams that he has been on Mm -hmm. have lost as a direct result of his performance. Feels like a fever pitch pace NFL free agency right now. It's actually very fitting that you'd use a baseball reference when talking about football uh, because I would say one trumps the other at the moment. You know, baseball free agency is actually going on as well right now. Just nothing's happening. Isn't that so funny? Everyone had this <laughs> funny. Fun, yeah, that's the word for amazing it. Amazing dream for the 99 days of the lockout that the lockout was would it end. amazing though. No, but remember, they were like the lockout will end and we will have the craziest 24 hours of MLB free agency we've ever seen yeah. in the entire existence of the league. And 24 hours went by and like one guy got traded or or got picked up by a in team. baseball. Yes. Yeah, that's the experience. Yeah. Well, the bar there, and then they completely underachieve it. They say a lot of things. As we found out, they lie to you. Straight two, to the first face. two, the first two weeks of the season are canceled. Twenty-four hours later, we're playing all 162 games, and we don't. And hate we each bought other. it <laughs> and because we we're dumb. Each other. Yeah. Um. Not the greatest move on that part. We'll talk about our MLB. But football's cool. Free agency at the end. Uh. NFL though dominates headlines continuously because of a number of reasons this week. Mm-hmm. Steelers have a new quarterback. You could say so. Maybe. That's, that's, a nice, that's a very kind way to put it. Wait, okay, fine. Let's just start there. Mitch Trubisky. Is it over? Steelers. Yeah. Two-year deal. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone kind of assumed he's bit Big Ben's replacement. And then there was this little caveat from some reporters in Pittsburgh that was like, no, he's being brought in to compete with Mason Rudolph for the starting when has, job. When has somebody ever said compete and then that's not been that they're the guy? Oh, they, I mean, besides maybe Matt Flynn with the Seahawks. The Bears this year. But they probably didn't anticipate that being compete. The Bears this year? Yeah. With Andy Dalton and uh, yeah. Justin Fields. And look how that ended. Justin Fields maybe is the, the worst. I, yes, exactly. But maybe one of the worst situations when they were transitioning to that. So not, not a good place to be. Not a good place to be is what I'm saying. Whenever you have somebody, we're competing for the job. If you have two quarterbacks, you have none. That's basically where we're at. I think uh, you, that's actually a really good point. I think people say that all the time. If you can't. Because def- they're bad. If you can't define one, you don't you don't know who like as an offensive player you don't know who to put your trust in you don't yeah. know who to build a relationship with. Let's assume it's Mitch Trubisky for argument's sake because I really don't think anyone can withstand a Mason Rudolph seventeen game regular season. And you think they can withstand a Mitch Trubisky seventeen game regular season? Well, why do we hate him so much? Why does that, why does anybody hate him so much? Because some I mean, people he's, a, he's an MVP. <laughs> That's sad. He is an MVP. He said N. Yes. I had to really isolate that one. Some people say that this could be the best Mitch Trubisky we've ever seen. I'm I'm curious as to why. I'm I'm curious as to like there's there's this thing in the NFL where people underperform or are bad, and then they go like sit somewhere for a year, whether it be a coordinator position or whatnot, and we just get this in, inflated sense of what they were before. Like, what is, I mean, being under Brian Dayball's system is probably the best thing he had going for him because it's a good thing. And maybe he learned some new tricks to his trade or given that there was zero before, maybe he added one trick to his trade or maybe two. Um, that would be the only thing I could say that'd be different. But guy, like, wh- what would be a different scenario from the terrible numbers he put up in Chicago? Chicago's used to really bad quarterback play. 
It's so true. when you have a guy that headlined maybe one of the worst of that, it's saying a lot. Especially, They've never had a quarterback. Especially and they look at the, him immediately. It's like him and Rex Grossman, the poster <laughs> boys for Chicago quarterbacks. Especially as the second overall pick just completely falling short he of expectations. Was the second overall yeah, pick, 2017, wasn't he? That's second crazy. overall. That's insane. Maybe the Josh Allen effect of, of being under him and backing him up in Buffalo, that matters a little bit. True, I, but I would look at more of Dayball because he's been a really good offensive yeah. mind and yeah. you got to sit under him and learn. That would be the only thing I would say in his favor. I mean, he's going to a representative offense. It's tough to say because Big Ben wasn't, you know, yeah, capable, honestly, for lack of a better word, by the end of it. So it's tough to say what would a good quarterback do with all these weapons, but you'd think they have a good amount of guys. But what do you do in this case? Like, there is no other options in in this year. Well, there were before. Fair. It kind of just felt like they punted. It does, but it's also, I don't know that they were going to give up anything on the defensive side, which is about all the worth of their team anyways. So it's like, mm -hmm. can you bring in someone to just, like, get your offense by? And I think that's what Big Ben was doing. So is Mitch Trubisky really that much of a job? Yeah, but off? you also, as we've learned um, over the course of this offseason and the one before, is that if you are relatively all in and you have a team that's ready to win now, which we can say at least defensively the Steelers are, why would you not do everything to maximize that window? We didn't think the Broncos were beforehand. Now they are. Yeah. Everyone's going, oh, they're a team ready to win now. Just because they added the quarterback. Steelers could have been in the same boat. Linked to maybe, I know the Deshaun Watson not facing charges, but linked to him, maybe possibly coming in, that would have completely changed the game. But just as a talent on the field, aside from what he's done off of it. But look at how much the Broncos gave up to get Russell Wilson. You have to do that, though. I know, but that's what I'm saying. I don't think the Steelers were in the same position where they would mm -hmm. give up that much. Good example that somebody's going through is that the original Raiders trade for Khalil Mack ended in two first-round picks. Mm. Those picks turned into Josh Jacobs and a cornerback who was a bust. Mm, was it true. Was it worth it? True. Yeah. You got Kalou Mack for it. Yeah. And they basically turned into a running back. Josh Jacobs, good player, not nearly worth that trade. We build ourselves up with, oh, the picks, the picks, the picks. You, you have to draft well for the picks to mean something. And do you have trust in 80% of the GMs in the league to do the right thing? No. No, there's only like five or six good GMs in the NFL consistently. It's Some strike gold every once in a while and have lightning in a bottle. It's proven versus potential, right? Yes. So take a proven guy over the potential that someone will turn into. And if you have great. a quarterback that's in his even late 20s, I mean, Russell Wilson is in his early 30s. Guys are playing to 40 now, and you get six years out of something. That's a massive window. Teams were about to sell their souls to get Aaron Rodgers for two years because that's the winning window in the NFL now. Yeah. And wouldn't you say defensively with everything T.J. Watt is doing and that whole defense that in two years from now, who knows what they'll be? And then they have to start, do they have to start rebuilding the defense and then the quarterback starts coming along? You have to all sync it up at one time, which is why I think the decision to go with Mitch Trubisky was so baffling because it's like you're just punting on all of it. But okay, so let's like look at, let's go with the trade for the Broncos. And they gave up three players and yeah, how many picks? Four. Four? Five? So, four. so I, I believe it but was. But it's usually five the high picks, ones. So here's what it was it was five picks, uh, I think. Broncos it was correspondent. Two ones, two twos. And a five, I think. Yes. Yeah. And um, Drew Locke, uh, Noah Fant, and uh, Shelby Harris. And th the thing is, it it's funny. Like, on paper, that looks like a lot. It really does. Mm -hmm. You make that trade 10 times out of 10 because you said, you know, the picks. Seattle doesn't draft well. They don't. Also, Shelby Harris is the most valuable out of those players. Like, Drew Locke is fine. Like, 
Drew yeah. Locke is Drew Locke. Noah Fant never developed. Right, and not to go into the specifics of each one, but it, it doesn't necessarily matter how the other team drafts. Like, that should not be part of the equation, like how they draft or whatnot. It's just the time it takes to get a franchise quarterback. And you obviously know this. Like, the Broncos haven't really drafted one or found one in a minute. And teams like, even like the Bills, would we say that they're in the equation at all? No, it's because they have the guy. But think, so That period of time, again, the Bears, they've never found the guy. But my point is, is that take what the Broncos gave up and put it in the Steelers system. They would have had to give it up five picks, fine, yeah. whatever. Then maybe Pat Fryer moves, and who else? Two other huge players, right? A defensive lineman. And I, I don't know if it would have taken that that much. Oh, and the other I'm not thing sure. also Because like, all of those guys that were actually in the deal for the Broncos have upside, but they're not exactly like hard-hitting stars. They had upside, and they also filled needs. For, sure. You know, so and here's the thing about the Steelers. If I'm the Steelers GM, I'm drafting a quarterback. But also the Steelers, yeah. the Steelers have drafted well too. So it's it's yeah. not to say like you. Of course, everyone needs a draft class. Right. But if you draft well, you can get away with maybe not having the picks or a bad draft a year or two later if you hit on like the last three or four, which they've basically done. Yeah. At most positions, which is why you only add the quarterback and that's it. It's a. It's night and day when you have the quarterback, what actually happens to the roster. And that's the making people better side of things. Wouldn't you say, like, top guys, like, if you added a legit franchise guy, then Chase Claypool then becomes in the discussion. Like, those things change overnight. All of those pieces, they then increase their value over time. Whereas the defense obviously has those high pieces. But offensively, you could actually get more of a reward for guys who we thought were lesser, probably getting better because there's a better guy thrown to them. I guess this just shows you that there's there's a group of people that believe that Mitch Trubisky is enough of an improvement over Big Ben that they can win more than they did with Big Ben going 500. I I, I still don't know the method behind it though, I, I because think it doesn't you, really it's not a system fit in my opinion. Well, if you look at him as the stopgap quarterback, I mean you got to remember that Trubisky did take Matt Nagy to the playoffs, and he I actually say, has I a would say winning reverse, record. But yeah. Well, but he does have a winning record, and he was not a great quarterback. But, I mean, honestly, he has a 64-38 to 38 touchdown intercept interception ratio. He's a 65% completion percentage. I mean, if you have a solid defense behind you and you go and draft a guy like Pickett, it's the stopgap. Now, that being said, I still think the reindeer beats him out. But wouldn't you say you that's think Mason Rudolph beats him out? I do. Hot take right now. Guy that's we'll been talk about the it. System. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Now, if it, they open up competition, whatever, but you're you're almost having the same kind of guy who will only throw the ball eight yards when you need ten, and you know, hope that your defense keeps you in every game, which is basically what you had with Ben too. My head is spinning that anyone thinks that Mason Rudolph can beat out anyone else. Well, he's right there. Hello, Shiner. Well, also those stats. <laughs> but well, what's interesting, and I was, that's what I was looking up, is that those stats you just rattled off about Trubisky is basically what Big Ben was this past season. That's what I'm saying. He's not 65% a 65% and then 22 to 10 in terms of touchdown to but pick. But that's just it. So he's not so a drop-off. So, like, at its ceiling, you're just getting the same movie. But, that's, but that, I think, is okay for them. They're already, like, in the playoff conversation. The Browns are aren't they, getting though? any better. Are they, though? The with, Ravens with the are rest struggling. Of, oh, I disagree with that. You don't think that what they put in this season was struggling? Because they, they didn't have half their roster. But that, that's So once still they get that back. Okay, but I wouldn't say that's struggling. They still had a shot at the playoffs even with all of their injuries. My point my point about that though is 
Look at the rest of the AFC, though. Okay, when, like they're when everyone better. injures their knee on FedEx Field's turf, we're not like, wow, what an unlucky seven players get in. No, there's something about the turf that injures their knee. Do mm -hmm. you not think there's something going on with the Ravens where maybe their their conditioning is in a place where they're all getting injured? Like all 50 of their rosters getting out injured? the training staff? Yeah. I mean, we did watch like two people get injured we while we were there. That's we what did. I'm saying, though. Like, if, if <laughs> yeah. the same players are Maybe getting the, same, going down the same injuries over and over and over again, don't sure. you have to look holistically at what's going on with the team? So they should cut all the guys that got knee injuries this year. Get out! <laughs> no. But do you see what I'm saying? I understand what you're saying. It's but like, I also hey, if everyone breaks their arm on the same water slide, maybe they shouldn't go down also, the water slide anymore. let's keep some perspective that they were essentially, like, with all those guys out, Lamar Jackson still was keeping them afloat until it was basically when his absence started happening. And, and they weren't what winning happens games. when he is absent or okay, injured? Okay, but, but we're not just going to be like, hey, he's going to be injured forever. We have to go off the you know, notion that guys will relatively be healthy now, unless you want to just play out the future. Should we, do you want to go through the Broncos and Russell Wilson getting hurt this year? You want to go game by game no. and see what they, see what they I don't want to hurt Steve. <laughs> you don't want to hurt. No. Um, no, but, but do you see what I'm saying? Like I if you're understand. the Steelers and you look at the landscape right now in the AFC North, you think we could win this with a quarterback who doesn't lose us games. You and think Mason that though? Rudolph loses you games. He did it against the lions. Yes. Well, he did it against everybody. Doing it against the Lions is tough. But look at the rest of the AFC. It's not necessarily that, yeah, winning the division would be nice, but you have a team that was just in the Super Bowl from your division, a team like the Ravens, who probably had one of their most unfortunate, maybe the most unfortunate injury season in NFL Someone history. Let's voodoo, be honest with a it. A voodoo doll. Um, somebody does. And, and I don't know. Do you want to comment on the Browns? Maybe if they get it together. I mean, they just added Amari Cooper. Who's oh, that'll say? fix everything. But it's the rest of the AFC. Yeah, it's the it. rest of the AFC. Like, all of those teams that were the wild cards, would you have any confidence in them no. to make the playoffs again? Because, no, they haven't added. No. The teams that weren't in the playoffs are the ones who have added. Yeah, I think there's going to be a big shakeup in the AFC. My point is just I don't think the Steelers are, like like Shiner was saying, it's a stopgap move. It's not, hence why it's only two years. It's not, hey, two we're years too many. We're not going to commit to you for Only $14 million, dollars too, with incentives up to, I it's think, 26. I mean, so that's like nothing in this grand scheme of what you pay for a quarterback. The sure. AFC has basically become the arms race to get to space. I love it. In this case, what the Broncos would be Russia? Congratulations. Are you me? No, yeah. the Broncos are, dude, the Broncos are the USA, baby. Okay. Are you kidding me? This free agency? If they end up winning, they would be. No, we you know listen. A big loser free agency. All while you're Cowboys. wearing a NASA shirt. I, thought I didn't even wow. Maybe that was subconsciously. Um, yeah, it's exactly. They lost what I was everybody. America's actual team. It, yeah, uh, they've destroyed themselves. Well, that's what happens when you just give boatloads of money to positions that don't need it. At the hands of the Broncos, in some in some respects. Yeah. Randy Gregory, welcome to the to the team. Hey, welcome I love to the, the Cowboys. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay. No, I'm not. I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, they would have been the Soviet Union back then, right? USSR. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, actually, the Cowboys are dissolving. Hey, they're dissolving. So uh, yeah, cool. Little space talk for you. Yeah, really little impressed. Space talk, little mid. From little nice little bridge into the episode there. From uh, <laughs> from Florida, thinks you, he knows you, everything. You're about always space. worried about transitions. Just talk about space. That's how you get to the next topic. That's how I do everything. <laughs> I've got a bunch of space textbooks in my car right now. Let's, yeah. let's talk about it. But Aerodynamics. it is it, it is the arms race, and you have to do drastic things to even have. To even be in the playoffs. It's true.
I think, well, I think this is what we talked about before the Super Bowl when we said, what will it prove if the Bengals win and what will it prove if the Rams win? And you're seeing what's what's playing out is the Rams proved you can throw some huge contracts at some guys for a couple years, yep. one year, two years max, and win. Now teams are doing that this offseason. You're seeing a lot of the deals are two-year deals, one-year deals, mm -hmm. just to try and get enough pieces to win. Yeah, It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, and I think it's amazing how fast – the NFL has transitioned into the NBA super teams. Here we are. Makes it more interesting, though. I don't think that's true. It's I true. Think We're it talking about it all the time. Why are we talking about it right now? I know it's like free agency just opened up, but... Because it's America's game. What else are we supposed to talk about? But it's because of the buzz, mm. which, as we know, the NBA is the greatest reality show because it's always going and there's always drama. This is drama. I'm telling you. People love drama. Why else would we watch those terrible soap operas in the middle of the day? Oh, please tell me you watch those. I don't. My grandma does. But Good. she always keeps coming back. We always keep coming back to the NFL. I think this is this is where I'm at, though, is this will eventually turn into the point where people get frustrated about the player Probably, movement. Because people just, get frustrated about anything. Just like they did in the NBA. Are you, are you, that's just you being frustrated. I'm not the only one who doesn't like this. I'm, I, I know that, but I'm just saying there's a lot of people. Yes, that you do. are. Yes, you are. You're the only one. You're the only one. Yes. No. Uh, speaking of the NBA. You want to talk some hoops? Yeah, I do. It's very big of you. This is really big. I mean, I said we could talk about it second. I made you talk <laughs> football first. It's moving we, up in the ranks. We can talk. It's about only the, the most Sixers. interesting time of the year for it, but sure. Um, I heard, speaking of voodoo dolls, Oh. I heard you all jinxed. I spoke the truth about the 76 It does not feel like it. Am I wrong? No, I, I think we were very complimentary of what the move was I, and how it could help. But, but we planted we the knew seed. It was we gonna, planted the seed. As soon as there was a stinker, we knew it could possibly cause some problems. And, well, and like we did have three them. stinkers. There has been. There has been. And I think they're still figuring it out. But they definitely are. We, we, we jinxed it just a little but bit. But it's, it's actually less about the Sixers themselves. Mm -hmm. It's about one guy. That's Doc. really all. What That was the point of the conversation. I think it's about Doc, honestly. Oh, you think it's about Doc? I, I, well, then I, honestly I guess it would be do. about two guys. Yeah. I, I have come to the coaches don't matter in the NBA. It's always been my yeah, you've standpoint. Always, yeah. Unless they're really impact, impactful, like a pop. And like, you just need to be a facilitator of egos. You need to manage everybody, groom them, you know, almost like you would do with like a, a pug, a fresh new pug that you would get. Just take care of them. What would you uh, name Because it's pug? a lot of health problems, as we know, with, uh, with pugs. And you got to make sure that... They're well kept and up to par. The pug is named? In this case, probably Grapefruit. Oh, would be Grapefruit. The name, would be nice. the name of nice. the pug. Have a little pink nose. Be perfect. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Grapefruit pink. Definitely not a conversation that's happened before. No. Um, okay, so who has it come down to? Because it's not Grapefruit. It comes down to In one In terms guy. of the, yes. I would say it would definitely be James Harden. Yes. Okay, so you actually said after the trade, I believe, correct me. Well, I've I'm said wrong. this. I've said this long before. That you weren't sure Harden. You want a direct quote? Yeah, please. He's a losing player. There, okay, thank you. Wow. <laughs> wow. He has been a losing player. Okay. Teams that he has been on mm -hmm. have lost as a direct result of his performance, which is in my opinion. And that's not to be like, oh, what a loser. Like, that's mm -hmm. like, he's track record wise in big games, not stepped up and been that's the reason his team has lost. Yes. You can, you can put whatever bow you want on it, but that is what it is. I, I actually have come to the conclusion I think Joel is more of a winning player. He has developed into that in the last two or three years. Yes. But if you don't have a melting pot of those guys, I think Seth Curry is a winning player. He showed it when he came back to Wells Fargo. That was supposed to be the Ben Simmons return game. It turned into the Seth Curry return game. That's what it is. 
So I think it was easy to feel like, wow, the Sixers won the trade. It was so immediate. Harden. People you know. started to second guess it the day after, though. But do you know what I mean? Like a those, little bit. There was people that were weeks. like, this is. Oh, wait, that is kind of a lot. Well, they got to talk about something. That's the this deal. This is true. It's devil's advocate. But those first couple games, it was like, all right, shoot, this is working. Joel looks well, happy. Yeah, of course. Harden when you're playing the Timberwolves happy. and the, the Pelicans of the world, yeah. Now, not it's gonna so be a much. honeymoon phase. Where do they go from here? Like, where? Like, what's the path forward? Do you think it's just like some growing pains, and they'll get it back together? No. What? Well, I mean, I actually am interested to hear Shiner's take on this because I don't think it's you. In a lot of ways, there is molding over time and chemistry, but you kind of are what you are in the NBA, usually from the jump. It's like that's why people psychoanalyze, like even the first week. Unless there's a, a drastic case of it where there's just, the, you know, the egos aren't meshing and the guys actually aren't getting along. Usually on the court, that's what you are for the well, most part. So, like, Embiid and Harden get along, but I'm more so worried about when Harden enters that mode that he always has. Mm -hmm. You saw where he, like, kind of is just dishing it off, and then when he decides to shoot, it's a terrible shot selection. He just, like, picks his nights to be terrible at that, and it usually comes on the worst stage of it all. That's, he does it time and time again. Yeah. This, this is why I'm putting the onus on Doc a little bit because he's essentially letting him do a two-man game. So you have yeah. one side of the court focused on Embiid and Harden and then three other guys that are kind of just standing around. If I was Doc, I would get some ball screens going and getting some movement so that someone that can facilitate like Harden has his initial option with either do I shoot it, do I dump it to Embiid, but hey, this other guy's running around like crazy. Yeah. Can I get him the ball? And that's on Doc. That's on coaching. But if you remember the beginning of the season, the Sixers themselves, they were 8-2 and two to start, then they went 2-8. and eight. So it was, it was almost like this is something the Sixers do. They are hot, and they're, they're great for an extended period of time, and then they all of a sudden come back to reality for a little bit. Now, does that translate into a seven-game series that you can still beat Embiid? Because if you watch that game, Embiid versus Jokic, Embiid owned Jokic, mm -hmm. but they lost the game. Yeah. And that's the problem where... You know, now we're talking about is Harden really helping or is it just we're in the same spot we were? But that's why I put the onus so much on Harden because you can talk about coaching and setting up plays. In the final two minutes, especially of playoff games, it's just the players. They're not calling a specific play. They're not doing this or that. Like, I, the same way that the league has become just a player's league from the transactions and everything, it's the same way on the court. Yeah, that's what's different about the NFL that you can't. I mean, for the most part, I know Aaron Rodgers tries to be that guy where it's like, I'm going to change the play at the line and just like chuck it up and, and yeah. whatnot. That is how it is in the NBA. Yeah. If Kevin Durant says ISO, get out of the way, I'm taking the last shot. That's it. It's not a team game in that sense when it comes down to it. So when there's one or two guys that are the entire, that's why you can win in the NBA. You have one or two guys. You can also lose in the NBA because of one or two guys. You can't scheme up a certain way. You used to be able to. In the 80s and 90s, you could scheme up all the way because there wasn't so much talent on one side. Those little things mattered. But now there's so much drastic talent on the court on any given time that it's only in the hands of the players. And I think what you were talking about when the trade first came out where you said, I think, losing, like, the biggest loss for the Sixers is losing Seth Curry was saying that they don't have another shooter. Like, Who do they go to when, when they take the bench? Right. George Niang? Yeah, Just he's been kind in? of the guy. Well, and also, uh, Tobias has kind of fallen into that catch-and-shoot role well, now, which he's just now kind of getting into. Um, and he actually ha hit a game winner two games ago. I mean, so I, I, I think it's there is going to be some growing pains. I mean, they came out of the, the shoots like, you know, oh, my God, this is awesome. But then we came back to reality. But that's the thing. You don't – and this is what I'm going back to it being on Doc. You don't have that guy that – 
plays the Seth Curry or right. or even like a, a old school Kyle Korver guy that's just Kyle running Korver. or or even um uh, like just uh, go add somebody just, who snipes. Yeah, you just know, shucks it from the park. Someone that's willing to put in the work and and do the little things to get open instead of everybody standing around watching the two guys try to take mm-hmm. over the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. navigate around it. I think it's interesting. I, I feel like we're on the Philly roller coaster with every single sports team that they have. It's, you know, that seems to be a theme. It's one of those like uh, we're we're great. We're going to the Super Bowl. Okay, well, never that's mind. Just Shiner. Welcome to my life. <laughs> no, Shiner. Shiner is a pr- pretty accurate embodiment of a typical yes. Philadelphia fan. Like yes. he rides the waves. He's got a lot of like nuance to his arguments. And yet sometimes <laughs> you're like, your nuance at the conclusion is still mm-hmm. crazy. It's like writing. That's why you got to do it. Writing, I mean, writing in essays. And in, in closing, <laughs> well, that was the opposite of what you were supposed exactly. to, what you're supposed it's to like, prove. It's like, if so facto, there's just like adding on words that don't are necessary to actually meet the I quota e. of how many words are on the paper. <laughs> Making your the reason I am writing this response to this question is because of said item. And oh, by the way, the question was. And to remind you of the question previously <laughs> stated before. You know who's a, a great Eagles and Penn State fan? I mean, Philly fan and just Penn State guy, Dan Tomaso. He, he would be great on the show. Just he came legend. on to talk college he, football with Brett one one episode. Yeah. Um, I think Logan was on vacation or something. Who knows where I and was? And we probably just kicked in, Logan probably out. Probably in Bermuda or we Jamaica. Just, yeah. just stuck in an Jamaica. airport somewhere. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. No, actually, that, uh, just, I think that was actually just that. Was. Just That's hanging easy. with Spirit Airlines. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> That's, That's a name. Not to name names, but we love you, Spirit. Funny money. Um, no, but they sat here and the two of them like hosted a podcast while I was like, hmm, interesting. You need mm-hmm. you need a pessimist. Dan is more pessimistic. Yeah, than he is. No, that's Dan he is. or that's a uh, Brett. Brett would be like, uh, listen, uh, <laughs> Penn State not gonna be. They're not good. They're not good. Realistic. Okay. There's always a fine line. There. All right, so Shiner, with everything that we just talked about, where do you think the Sixers are going? Ah, I I still this think. Is, we I gotta mean, have to make the conclusion. Oh, nice facilitating there. The the interesting thing about it is they haven't really fallen in the standings at all. Okay, they're they're keeping suit, and I still think that they can be a. Eastern Conference Finals team, but I am more scared of Brooklyn than any other team that is going to possibly make the playoffs, especially if Kyrie is allowed to play in home and away games. Yeah, that's going to be... Because it's going to be the most dominant eighth seed we've ever seen. Can we just talk about those? Shiner just painted this whole picture about how things sort of aren't working, and yet they're going to the Eastern Conference. No, but I I mean, this is also... I still think they have the ability to... We were talking about finals, we were talking about championship or bust, so we're kind of coming down. I am coming down a little bit. And it's a little game. recency bias as well. Well, it always is. But I also am the still show a is homer, the king of so I get it. Well, like, I know. Still very kind of you. I mean, if they, especially like even lowering the bar there, if they don't get to these conference finals, like what was the point? All like, right, the whole thing. But yeah, it, it really is Brooklyn or or not. Kyrie just had sixty the other day. Did you hear there was a there was a rumor that they were going to move all their home games to New Jersey? For the playoffs, so that wow. they could now actually it, get it you, back. You want to talk about quite literally moving the goalpost? That is an actual physical example of that metaphor. Yeah, sorry, we'll go play. We back are with moving the New so Nets. one guy can play. Yeah, <sighs> the league would do that though, wouldn't they? Well, do They're you also so insane? But do you also remember there was this big thing about how Brooklyn was like, we're not going to let Kyrie play. Like, yeah, they were on the forefront. They were one of the first stadiums. Them and uh, Golden State, I think. It but was. like the team said, they were like, we're not going to let him just play uh, away games. Like, he, if he if he's not able to play anything. Yeah. Well, and then KD went it. down, and they needed well, somebody. And then they were like, <laughs> sure. oh, he can play, actually. Well, so I wouldn't put league, it past them. The NBA is very good. I will give them credit on this front. They are very good at being the progressive and 
at the forefront of a lot of things, and they usually stand in their morals. At the end of the day, nine times out of ten, they will take the hit if it's a social stance or whatnot or, you know, right on the line. The NFL will not do that. They will change up in whatever is the most monetary beneficial situation possible. The NBA, for the most part, sticks to the ground and actually has a little bit of ethics, and that stems down from the commissioner. Well, I was going to say, and Adam Silver has said that he thinks it's a little ridiculous. I also, I mean... I saw a map the other day. A little ridiculous? They're going to move the home games? No. Yeah, that's pretty I mean ridiculous. The policy. Yeah. I saw the, this map of, <laughs> of Brooklyn's, Brooklyn's arena, and it was like, <laughs> everyone here is allowed to be unvaccinated. People, and then it circled the court, and it was like, people here are not allowed to be unvaccinated. Just zones. But then it was like, unless you're an opposing player, then you can be unvaccinated there. So it's yeah. really, it's just Kyrie. And I think as the world kind of strips back some of its coronavirus protocols in general um it's gonna be really hard to justify why that's still allowed so i think there's gonna be some advocacy behind the scenes before we even get to the playoffs but Mm -hmm. i thought it was interesting that there's people out there that that are considering they're going to move their entire arena to new jersey well there's one they they sent the raptors (laughs) to florida right during yeah, that, but, but that, that was one, a border situation. That was one's like we yeah. like, that was the team had yeah. no control in that situation. Exactly. It was, but they've made accommodations before. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I, so. I don't think it's out of and the they're, realm. They're still in that stance, Canada as a whole, for the most part. Most but, people aren't there. But the the whole overall point is that when Brooklyn tries and is locked, you have no chance. Anybody doesn't. You don't. Which is what we thought beforehand. I, which is should Ben Simmons even come back? Who knows. I but think it makes them worse, honestly. Oh, oh. I really do. You do? I okay. do. Well, just oh, the mental state of it, because things. now you're going to take somebody else out of their rotation to give him minutes, and now mm. someone like Seth Curry is not going to play as much just I because you have to bump will. people around. They're just so such drastically just, different players. If, if you're on a roll and they end up making the playoffs, you almost kind of want to be an eight seed to kind of see if Miami's for real. I mean, you're only playing you know? seven guys in the playoffs anyway. Yeah, though. exactly. So. Don't you kind of think the way Simmons is acting, though, I don't think he has any intention of playing right now. Yeah, I don't know really what's going on in that man's head. That's true. We shouldn't try and ju- try and determine yeah. that for ourselves. But it, just the way everything's playing out, it's like, if not now, then when? Mm-hmm. And I just don't. I just don't get the sense that he's anywhere close. Yeah. Um. Okay. Speaking of basketball. Heck yeah. We should have really started with this because it is March. It is. That is known in for one thing. Yeah. The best tournament of all tournaments. Pie day. Yeah. <laughs> Why do people like that? Like they consider it a holiday. What, when? Yeah, is pie even really that good? I oh pie overrated. Glad you brought this up. I was gonna say pie overrated. Hot take. I mean, like I'll have pie on Thanksgiving, but like yeah, once the only day for one it. slice, and then I'm kind of over it. It is, and you if half of one, wrong. And they cut it inside like very. Yeah. Are, when you want cake, don't you want the most massive, nice corner cake possible? When you have pie. You'll take any slice. You're an idiot. Sure. Isn't that for a most part? <laughs> no. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. Why do you think jumping they in? I'm just really slivers. You've been saying a lot of crap on this <laughs> podcast today. And and this as is as if the, I don't always. Hey, this is the cherry on top to keep it with desserts. Man, <laughs> pie is pie's better than cake. Oh come on. What? Yeah. That's preposterous. It depends. Is cheesecake a cake? Name one. Or is cheesecake name its one own pie that's better than any form of cake? Pizza. What did you get for your? <laughs> bir- what did you get? What did you get for your birthday? A cake. An ice cream cake. Did oh. you get a pie? Oh, look at you called out. <laughs> no, you didn't get a pie. I couldn't afford a pie. <laughs> I bought a six dollar ice cream look, cake. He just, he, 
it was so small, and you but didn't you even have bought, any You could have bought an even smaller pie, and you I, know that. I had to eat the whole thing because nobody because it was good. It with me. You made Steve it. buy his own birthday cake? Well, I didn't make him. You're a terrible roommate. We went out that night. That yeah, helpful? I mean. I was also working. Yeah. And he bought his own ice cream. It was cake. pretty sick. Because he wanted Wait, it. Wait, I also like Steve Steve just froze when you asked him what he what he had for his birthday. He Has went, anybody in the history of mankind ever bought a pie on their birthday? Oh, yeah, actually, because they want to celebrate in good fashion. Was, you have no, 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 oh, miss, not no for chicken me. wing. Not for me. <laughs> Brian, my husband. Oh, good. Only Apple doesn't fall pie. far from the tree. <laughs> Mr. Chicken. He <laughs> had a blueberry pie for his birthday in November. What it a crazy tasted, individual. It tasted like a flower, I'm not going to lie. What? I didn't, I was not a huge Oh, so fan. you're, again, proving the point. Yeah, oh, I, I'm saying I, I'll have. What's wrong with him? I don't know. He wanted that? Yeah, he does not a like blueberry cake. blueberry pie. He does not like cake. I don't like him. Oh, uh, <laughs> he's a nice Seems guy. Seems like a decent enough guy. He's but in this, nice guy. based on my limited knowledge, and this is basically all of my knowledge, this, I, don't, I don't like him. I don't him. like him. <laughs> okay, if you're going to have one slice of pie, what kind of pie is it? Uh, none. No, okay, but you have to. It's <laughs> Thanksgiving. Uh, There's only one right answer. Pumpkin pie, I guess. And even that, I don't no, know. It's apple all it's the way. It's apple all the yeah. way. But even that, like, isn't that the fact that it's not obvious? You're just not American. Probably. Okay. You, you know what this is? I look Swedish, don't I? It's madness. So speaking of madness. Oh, Shannon wants to keep us on top. Sorry, trying to produce what? over this here. Is a huge, this is a huge, <laughs> huge, huge moment deal. for us. The fact that anybody would be pro-pie. All right, so it's not pie day. This Thank Thursday, God. Friday <laughs> is the best day of any sports fan's calendar. I agree. You would not let us talk college basketball for the whole regular season because oh the regular gosh. season doesn't matter. Do you know why? Because there's 68 But now we teams. have to talk about there's it. 68 teams. We have to talk about it. Yeah. You know what's amazing about the first two days of the tournament? And this is, is going to show how great college was. I would always call out sick. Mm -hmm. on the Thursday and Friday. Not just that. I would not leave my dorm or house to the point where my friends who didn't like sports would bring me food as I had Aww. four monitors. It wasn't like an aw thing. I made them. No, there was same. like four or five totally. monitors because I couldn't miss the last two minutes of the first half between Northern Iowa and Texas Fair. A&M or just something. Like no ties whatsoever. Fair. It was amazing. I was a hermit. All right. Best March Madness memory. Jeez, that's a lot. I need to know. I would definitely Mine's say that real easy. the Nova game winner is probably there. Nova game winner? The fact that it was a national championship, that's insane. That's, that is insane. You've got to finish. That's usually for the first round in a national championship. That's pretty much. Mine's a dual answer, but it's the same thing. 1988, Danny and the Miracles. KU wins. Maybe a Kansas uh, basketball fan. And then oh. 2008, when they came back with Mario's Miracle and won the championship against Calipari <sighs> that Memphis and Memphis. That was loaded, too. It was. And you know what? Derrick Rose couldn't hit a free throw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of the story of his career. Steve, anyway. you got one? Or you just don't care? Yeah, no, I, I, I like the, the Nova one, but I also am saying that because um, I don't care that much. Oh, sad. Um, the pie thing really got to him. He's really upset <laughs> over there. He, he's protesting the podcast. I'm going to throw a pie in your face. Oh, a whipped cream <laughs> pie. Happy birthday. <laughs> For me, I think it's it was, uh, what was that, a couple years ago, three years ago, four years ago, 
Syracuse was playing at the same time that the UVA UMBC game was playing. Oh, that's a great one too. Brian went to UMBC. You're so, kidding? No, so I was like, Wait, somebody actually went there? Yes, but then he went to Syracuse <laughs> for law school. Holy! And so I was like, I was like, we should watch both. And he's like, we don't. They're the Golden them. Retrievers, right? No, aren't they? They're the Chesapeake Retrievers. What? Pretty yeah. close. No wonder. <laughs> no, they yeah, get what? They get really mad. <laughs> they get really mad. They're the. The what's the, the Chesapeake? Chesapeake Why would they do that? It's Why the, couldn't they just be the Golden Retrievers? Because it's they're a location from Maryland. Thing. Yeah, I'm surprised There's they're not the crash. involved, you know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's a good note to end the it crabs. on. That's <laughs> yes, because that's how they sound. That's how it goes. Just isolate this exact audio that's happening right now. That's insane. Good for him. Okay, so I was like, we gotta watch it, right? Like, yeah. so we're sitting on our couch. And I'm like, we're, we gotta have both because I obviously only care about Syracuse, but your team is playing. And he won like, the day. He goes, he was like, no one cares about basketball. They've been so bad forever, and they're a 16 seed. Like, no one should care. Mm. And then as I'm watching them, I'm like, no, they're gonna win this. Like, we should, yeah. you know. So we actually turned off Syracuse and only watched that game. Wow. And then they won. That's probably my favorite memory. What, he celebrated with some blueberry pie. No, he nice went. He went. Nah. And then moved on. That was the right. only that one seed right. to ever lose in the first round. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. At the hands of UMBC, the Chesapeake Retrievers. You know what, though? Didn't Virginia win it the next year? So, uh, yeah, they did. You know, that maybe he is actually responsible. His school is responsible for Virginia's Let's take some credit. Well, there was also a Syracuse team that had a massive comeback against Virginia while I was in college. So, um, to go to the Elite Eight. No, the uh, Final Four. I, everyone remembers that one. I do. I know you do. My senior year. <laughs> it was a great Nobody moment. Trevor Cooney was inbounds. I'm still mad at Carmelo Anthony. From who, who, isn't who isn't, honestly, <laughs> in general? No, 2003 beat Kansas National Championship. Yeah, it was yeah. a great moment uh, for, for, for you. me. At, um, <laughs> I thought they played North it? Carolina. No, not in the championship. Oh, That was the next year. Oh, and North Carolina, North Carolina won, won the next year. year. Yep. Look at this. Facts. Poor Look Kansas. Rock yes, chalk. Po yes, poor Kansas. Rock chalk. <laughs> they never get anybody. So this year, yeah. we won't dive into the tournament too much because really you can't really make anything out of this until we get more towards like the 16, eight teams left. And we don't really have any local ties, but hey. Well, we can make <laughs> it. We can we can pull it, grasp at some straws. Yeah. Um, no, but I think what we learned over the last couple of weeks about, let's talk Penn State basketball just a little bit. They end the season 14 and 17. They win two games in the Big Ten tournament, showed out against Purdue. Um, it wasn't like they got blown out by by Michael Shrewsbury's former team. Do we like what he's built so far? He has that whole gritty, not pretty. They were in a lot of the games they lost this year. Do we buy in knowing that the first year doesn't really matter? I mean, I'm uh, like, I could try to give out consolation prizes. I'll be uh, like staying in college basketball games. I'm not going to give you a reward for it. I'm a big Shrewsbury just supporter in general Yeah. of what he's built. I just think. So much of having success, obviously, is recruiting, and he's obviously done that with getting a top 25 for a program that would never even fathom that, let alone just, like, months into his tenure. But just you have to have a certain demeanor to have success at this level, and it very much feels like he has it. Like, all of those guys, it, it's funny because if you were to just, like, change the voices of the press conferences <laughs> of, like, say, a, you know, Bill Self, like all these guys who have done things if you just took that and like put it in a chopped and screwed like thing and like like they sound exactly the same like a michael sure. Shrewsbury. it's the same sort of deal and if he's doing it on the recruiting front too and bringing these guys wouldn't you have faith that it'd be that way i'm already you want to know how much faith i have in him i'm already fearful of the success he's going to have and him leaving 
Oh. That's where I am. Does that relate to my trust issues in my own life? Yeah. Sure. But that is just, you know, where I'm I am already fearful of the day that he leaves because I think it's going to go that well. He's gonna find someone better. He's gonna find yes, exactly. I'm sorry, Logan. We'll dig into that with the therapist. Which part? Oh. It's probably from the pie thing. Yeah, well. Um, no, I think I think what's amazing is he said in his first Zoom meeting with with the team when he first got announced, which was basically a year ago, he said, like, I don't know what to promise you guys. But like sure. I'm gonna fight with you guys. Why would you? you like, know? what's the point of that? But that it, it was it was he was and he said that to us when he talked with us before the season. He said like, I'm just myself. If you like me, you like me, and we'll play together. We'll play hard, and Heck yeah, you know. And it wasn't any speech, and it wasn't even really that like animated. He was just like, let's do it. Well, he's also been around. Like, it, what's funny is because I've had this conversation with people. He's almost more of an NBA type of coach and he's been yeah. around NBA coaches yeah with working under Brad Stevens for a while there like so he and Brad Stevens is a guy that had a bunch of success and was an amazing college coach yeah and it translated for most of what he was in the um, NBA before switching into the general manager role and those things trickle down like who you surround yourself with so naturally learning and seeing what Brad Stevens does and taking a program like Butler who was obsolete and now they're in the freaking Big East which I know the biggest season isn't what it was, but come on now, like Butler in that program in general, like he's elevated it to that. Wouldn't you think it could be a copy and paste situation for something like Penn State? Mm. I know they're already in the Big Ten, but success within that conference might not be that far-fetched. Yeah, I mean, you see what they were able to do in just a couple games, right? Like beating sure. Ohio State, coming back from down 13. Like, I mean, they're showing so much promise. I think there's definitely a path for them to be successful in the Big Ten. And everyone who was above 500 in the Big Ten made the tournament. So... Yeah. I think there's a lot of respect for that conference. As long as you're competitive in it, you make the national tournament. And I think we'll see how they stack up this week, but mm. I think they're competitive. I mean, I'm, I'm honestly not going to put a lot of stock in. I think the fact that he's gotten what he has out of these guys is, you know, successful and promising, but we're not going to know what his impact tenure, everything is until two years down the line when it is his guys yeah. and not just his guys around his guys blossoming into what they will be. Yeah, it's true. Which, from all accounts, seems encouraging right now. As we know, and just talked about with the NBA, if you have the talent, that's mainly it. You can scheme it up differently. That's the only difference between college and the NBA. You can scheme yeah. it up and win games. Co coaching is very important in college. Um, but if you have that and the talent, which is something Penn State has kind of lacked for a very long time when it comes to going up against the big boys in the conference and the rest of the nation, who's to say they can't be on the same par as a school? that we're talking about that's above them right now. And he already has a, a 25 ranked class yeah. right now, right? So I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, something we should trying to pull from that Philadelphia area a little bit too has always been tough for Penn State. So if he can get yeah. on those guys. Win your own state. You know? It's what James Franklin has preached since he got there. And, and sure. those two coaches have, have turned into be pretty close together. But um, something we should mention, Sam Sessoms entered the transfer portal this week. Um, so that'll be interesting for them. Which I think it could might be a good sign. Because it might mean that something better is coming down the line. And as we know, these guys have foresight and they go, oh, I might not start with blank blank coming in here. Um, so it might just mean that there's a better option coming in too. Don't always look at it as the, the, the red flags and that the world is falling. No, none of these guys none of these guys had to stay when Micah took over anyways. None of these guys stay even when they're on the bench. It's true. Like the freshmen that are like, I remember there was one a kid that was at Virginia, actually, funny enough, that I knew of. I used to work with the uh, his sister and was at Virginia, and this is, I think, right after the national championship, like, blossoming, transferred after a year mm. to North Carolina. And it was just like, why? 
Mm. And it had to be based on the promise of playing time or whatnot. And it was just, he didn't play significant minutes in any way, shape, or form. Dipped out. Mm. So somebody that does play significant min- minutes like a Sesum's, like going somewhere else, it would be much more of a telltale. Yeah, yeah. Um, you could have broken some news this week. Could have. Didn't. Logan has insiders. <laughs> I don't. Logan knew that Pat Chambers I have friends. was going to land at Florida Gulf Coast University as a head coach. Yeah. It's, very, it's very useful having that here. So useful. It is. Florida when there, when there is that, that Florida to Pennsylvania pipe, I am all over it, my friend. It comes in handy like it once. It does. When it, when it hits, it hits. And it Did I break wrong. it? No. It wasn't wrong. Just saying. I'm proud of you. It is. I mean, it's interesting because a school like Florida Gulf Coast, like they had obviously that run and they were, you know, Dunk City there for a minute, but this is only their fifth head coach ever. But going back to just Chambers as a whole, I mean, with him sitting for, was it one or two years? It would have been one one year. year. It just would have been one year with him leaving in October of 2020. um, And then going to LaSalle for a year or two. We were even saying this, uh, you know, off of here. I I don't think rehabilitate is the term for it, but just... Being a placeholder, being yeah, like, I didn't, low. I didn't leave college basketball. Yeah. I wasn't, you know, excommunicated. I didn't absolutely get off of here. Um, and then being a head coach again, um, it's funny because where did in Rick Pitino is still now? He's at Iona. Oh yeah, somewhere now, yeah. you know, too. And it's like Rick Pitino's there, just random all of a sudden. It's all to get like a, a higher, back to the plane that they were before. And in Pitino's case, he probably lands something bigger. But like, scandal happens. I think sc- maybe scandal is putting it to you know. Too much, but obviously the allegations that of inappropriate conduct um, dips out and then tries to get back to that same level and program. And as we know, all of the allegations aside, Chambers was praised during yeah. that run that he had when they were in the top five, correct? Yeah. At one point? Yeah. Which is, again, just unfathomable to think about here, too. So, you know, he can coach. There's that. But obviously the separate side from it. And uh, that's something that I think a school like Florida Gulf Coast – Coaches can make that impact at a level like that, too. So we'll see. And Definitely a different chapter. Hopefully he's learned from his mistakes. Well, and some quick success there, and, and you jump right back into a Power Five. You yeah. know, I mean, that there's so much transition in college coaching that if you can be successful on a mid-major level, you know, that's all it takes. But I think, I think what spoke volumes to me about Pat Chambers was the fact that after he resigned, the players still – loved him yeah. uh, a lot of them did you know and they brought him on podcasts and they talked to him and you know they were vocal on social media about each other so clearly i don't want to minimize the allegations mm. um but there was a lot of love there from some of the other players sure. and i think that's how he was when he was a coach of that program is he was so much a, a player's guy and i think um if he can do that at florida gulf coast they'll be in a great place yeah the only bad thing about florida gulf coast is that people don't really go to the games well so that's kind of the only thing really it's kind of like showing up penn state uh no if Apples to apples, not in this case. You, you go look at the wide shots. It's a little bit more glaring. Um, it's kind of like a 4 p.m. tip-off at like an AAU tournament on like a Sunday sort of deal. One of those. Let's go. Go to go to Getty Images right now and search Florida Gulf Coast and look at the that. crowd shots. I'm going to do it right now. Because there's usually just people half buzz from my high school that you can check out. Is it in Jupiter? Uh, right around there, yeah. Wow. It's like 20 minutes You could have gone there. Yeah, that would have been great. You could have played basketball there. Uh, No. Absolutely not. Was it? There are Florida Atlantic. That's right nearby too. You could have gone there. No. Oh. I desperately wanted to get out of Florida. Oh. But I used my sources in this case. 
<laughs> and they were right. <laughs> Those same people that hopefully don't listen to this podcast. No, not the same. Well, thing. this is like 30 minutes in, so, yeah. you know, they won't get to the end. Sure, of course not. We'll tease it at the beginning. Of course. Listen for how much Logan loves Florida no, at the end of this is. episode. No, it's, a good, it's, it's actually a pretty good job in terms of what he could probably land and build up. There's a lot of room to build up. And also that market, it's South Florida. Like, their basketball stir crazy. Like, if he were to just win I, even 15% of the state, that's huge. Yeah. It's massive. So there's a chance for success there. All right. Shout out to Pat Chambers. New chapter. Uh, hopefully the start of a good chapter for Penn State basketball with Micah Shrewsbury. I, think, yeah. um, I feel like by this time next week, we'll have a really good sense of whether or not Gonzaga is actually going to win the national championship. We'll talk about that. No, probably not. <laughs>